Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets banned. This is episode 160, and tonight we are finally going to talk about American Gothic from 1998. I'm sitting down again to re-record my interview with Manuel Canary, the host of the Wild Angel, the Films of Roger Corman podcast. And you're going to love it. You're going to love him. You're going to love us. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fabulous. It's totally Halloween-y. I said weenie, and that's okay because I like weenies, and maybe you like weenies too. Everybody likes weenies. What are you talking about, Patrick? Play a promo for another podcast, and let's start the gosh diddly do show. I'm Ned Flanders now. Wine Rag, if, if you were going to create a promo for Next Blime in your drunken state, what would you say? <laughs> why don't we just talk about it for 30 seconds and why we need one? <laughs> and that'd be the promo. <laughs> It'd be perfect. In the promo, we should give unsuspecting new listeners a little tidbit of what our show is about. It's basically a group of hot, young, cute gay guys. Prematurely <laughs> aging. <laughs> Well, I sit here and chat. Please visit us online at nextblime.com. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for taking time out of Pussygate to join me today. Can you believe this is going on? Can you believe this is actually happening? This is actually happening. But let me just say something first. Okay. In the past, we've talked a lot about pussy rodeos on this show. And we've laughed and we've had a good time. But let me point out that in that original story, that woman on the plane invited that guy to her rodeo pussy. The rodeo in her pussy. So it was consensual pussy rodeoing. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, I cannot help you. Just go back a few episodes. You'll find it. You'll find it. It's somewhere in probably late July, one of those episodes. I don't know which one. But hey, if you are new to the show, welcome Thanks for stopping by and checking me out. My name is Patrick, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour and a half or so. And I'll be your guide to the wonderful and weird world of horror, but as seen through my very gay little eyes. And I'm guessing there might be quite a few new people for this episode because, well, some of you might have already heard, but Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent, made the list of the top 25 horror podcasts you should be listening to right now. I'm not sure exactly the title of the article because I haven't seen it myself physically. It's in Rube Morgue magazine, y'all. What? In print, like on actual paper. Remember that? That's serious. Paper's forever, man. So that's all very exciting. So if that brought you here, well, you're in for a doozy of a show today, I think. Well... Since you're new, you probably don't know that for the first little bit of the show, I talk about what's been going on here at Scream Queen's headquarters, because as much as this is a horror podcast, it's also a little bit of a live blog, and as that article said, this part's hilarious. And hopefully, hopefully, it will be today, it won't be one of my depressing things where I wind up crying, but you know, that does happen, that does happen. 
Love me. Love me. I do want to apologize really quickly for the last episode, the summer camp mini episode. It initially, bleh, it initially went out missing a good five to six minutes of audio at the end. It has been fixed and it has been reposted and you, wanna, you don't want to miss the second of my delicious coverage of a rather fantastic movie. And I want to thank listener Chris for pointing that out to me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. I, had, I did listen to it after it aired and I don't know. You know, I usually listen to things when I'm bopping around the city doing stuff and I guess I just thought, well, I don't know what I thought. I didn't even catch the mistake myself. So listener Chris for stepping up to the plate and Standing up to daddy and saying, daddy, you fucked up. That takes some guts. And saving the show for everybody else. Chris, you are the scream queen of the week. Yay, congratulations, mister. That's just super cool and great. Your TR is in the mail. You know what? No, it's not. No, it's not. Because, well, hey, new people. Chris knows that when you win Scream Queen of the Week, the prize is a tiara. And he also knows that you're never going to get that tiara because all tiaras are mine. Listen, I don't make the rules. God made the rules. I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. Chris, congratulations. Congratulations. Enjoy the rest of your tiara-free existence. Anyway. This thing with Rumor Mac, Rumor, I can't say it. Why can't I say it? Rumor Magazine is very exciting. And I'm in some frighteningly amazing company. It's not the people that I expected to be next to. It's, it's things like Pseudopod and Welcome to Night Vale and the Black Tapes podcast and really heavy hitters. And I realized that maybe I need to be stepping up my game. Not changing the show per se, but offering new things and maybe having a listener membership, well, I, I subscriber push so that I can start getting some sponsors and start making some money off of this thing. And so that the more money I make, the more I'm able to give back to you. I'm thinking of starting up a Patreon account page. I have no idea how to say that, but that's, you know, where you, this becomes a subscriber thing. It's still free, but if you pay like $5 a month, you might get some extra things. So I'd be curious. If I were to do that, what would you guys want? What would make you pay extra? And I'm thinking I could do commentary tracks, listening to movies and doing commentary tracks. I could read listeners' stories. And I, I, I don't know what. That's why I'm going I'm to ask you. And I just did. And you could write me your answers at crew at screaming. <sighs> Patrick, come on. You're so excited to have all these new listeners, you can't even talk anymore. You can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. And of course, that's Queens with a Z. You can call it in at 917-720-2047. All this information is going to be the end of the show for more detailed information because we just need to get things moving right now. The other thing I want to say is that if you are recommending a show to a friend, which I encourage you to do, Please make sure you tell them that it's Scream Queens with a Z because right after the article got published on the first of the month, I discovered that there's a brand new podcast that just came out also called Scream Queens, but they're with an S. And we're covering the same 
topics in the same genre. And that's not so good. I'm not sure how I'm going to approach the situation yet, but for right now, let's just say when you talk about Scream Queens, make sure you're, it's this Scream Queens that you're promoting. I don't need nobody stealing my thunder. So what actually has been going on here at Scream Queens headquarters? Well, my show, The Underpants Godot, the play that I was in for the past month, has closed. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that normally this sends me into a good week-long depression. It happens every time I close something, even a concert, whatever. Just the end of something, and these people will never be together again in this way, blah, 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 blah. It didn't really happen this time. And that's pretty cool. I'm very happy with that. I want to thank everybody in the Scream Queens family who did come out and catch the show. That would be Doug Shapiro. That would be listener Vanessa from Brooklyn. That would be Chris David from Williamsburg. And I'm sorry, there was somebody else and I did not write your name down. Well, hey, you know who you are. Thank you. We're going to keep it our little secret. The other thing I want to thank listener Vanessa for is that she tipped me off to the Amanda Knox documentary that is on Netflix right now. As you know, I'm a true crime aficionado. That would have been my career goal had I not wound up where I was. That's what everybody in my family who's not an accountant does. They're all FBI, CIA, detectives, criminal defense lawyers, that sort of thing. That's where I really wanted to go, but it was just too freaky for me. So I prefer the fake crimes rather than the real crimes. It's a great documentary. It's angering. It's infuriating. It's fascinating. Check it out. Because to be perfectly honest, as soon as she mentioned it, I said, who? And she's like, oh, well, she was accusing her. I'm like, oh, I remember her. She's the Looney Tunes who butchered her roommate in Italy. Because I believe the media hype. And watching the documentary really shows how a little bit of sexism, a whole lot of ignorance, and a media feeding frenzy can affect your view on things. The other thing I watched during this week, I binge-watched all of season two of Scream, the TV series. Now, as you know, I was not fond of season one. You know, their tagline was, you'll never see it coming. And I said, bitch, at the end of it all, Helen Keller saw that ending coming. Come on. I guessed that killer like six episodes ago. And for a while, this, ep- this season was better. Although it dawned on me, I'm like, this whole show only works if all the characters behave like complete idiots in any given situation, just running blindly into whatever dangerous. Uh, and then the finale was, what? That was a finale? What? That was a climax? What? <laughs> Fuck this show. Fuck this show. That mask already has blowjob mouth. Fuck it right in that blowjob mouth mess, but consensually. Okay, ask permission first before you stick your dick in that mouth or your vagina. Whatever you're going to stick in that mouth or your butthole. Whatever. Just What's happening? I'm sorry. I am extremely overtired because while depression hasn't set in for me this week, what has happened, my allergies have kicked into high gear. And for whatever reason, Smoochie the cat, her nocturnal insanity has been off the charts. So I'm clocking in maybe two hours of sleep a night. I had about an hour and a half last night. And I'm hoping to get a nap in before I talk to Manuel later on tonight. But 
sometimes that's the way it goes. And here's the thing. Like, she kept me up till 4.30. Little Miss Moochie did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just badness, badness, badness. Because, you know, she's 28 pounds and, and big. She's got diaphragm. She's got lungs. And when she gets loud, she gets loud. And then the neighbors complain. And it's bad. It's bad. Tend to my needs. And they do. I finally got her quieted down. At 4.30, I probably fell asleep around 5.30. Then at 6.30, a woman started screaming like she was being axe murdered outside of my window. Miguel! Ah! Miguel, Miguel! Ah! In Spanish. And I, that's really all I got was Miguel, Miguel. And I looked at it. I'm like, oh, God. It just started raining. And she's being angry. So I looked out the window because I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be like Kitty Genovese's neighbors that just roll over and go back to sleep while you're being, you know, carved up into small pieces for hours on it. No. And I was going to yell out the window to ask if she was okay, but all of a sudden, all of my conversational Spanish, which I do know a bit of, just completely left me, probably because it was 6 o'clock in the goddamn morning, and all I can come up with was the lyrics to La Bamba, and that really wasn't going to help any situation. You know, me opening the window and be like, you know, so I'm Marinero. That's not going to help assess the situation whatsoever, no matter how hilarious that might have been, and borderline offensive. But <laughs> Leave me alone, I'm tired. So I look out the window, and I see that it's just two drunk bitches standing right outside my window, screaming because they got caught in the rain. I don't know where Miguel was or what he was supposed to do about stopping the rain, but they yelled for a good 10 minutes. And I, well, you know what? I, I, I was not Kenny Genovese's neighbor. I did call the police on him. Like, there are two crazy drug bitches outside my window. And the thing is, they were standing right under my air conditioner unit. And I did for a moment contemplating dropping it on them cereal mom style. But I also thought that would just raise more questions and keep me awake even longer. So I didn't do that. So hooray for me. Gold star, A plus for me. The other fun thing that has happened. Now I had to grow out my beard a bit for this play that I just finished. Nothing too bad. Just like a little, you know, hipster chin thing. Longer than I normally do. And that was cool. It was great. And I was planning on keeping it. But... You know, sometimes when you're trimming a beard, all it takes is like one incorrect stroke and you fucked it up. Now all of a sudden you got a bald spot or like this weird imbalance. So it's like, okay, well I can fix it. I can fix it. And then you spend another 10 minutes trying to fix it. And then you realize you fucked the entire thing up. So I said, okay, I'm just going to buzz everything down to one small stubbly length. The thing is now... I've got a porn stash. No, I didn't shave off the beard and leave a mustache. No, no, no. It's all the same length. But as I said last time, I colored my beard for this show. Cinnamon. I <laughs> so in the beard area, all the red part has was grown out enough so that when I trimmed it down to stubble, now it's just white, except the mustache part is still bright red. So now I look like, I don't know, I, I, but I'm like vintage 70s porn going on. And you know what? I'm okay with that. And the reason I was doing all this is because I kind of had a date. I think it might have been a date. Was it a date? I don't know. A man asked me to go do something. Maybe it was his friends. Maybe it was the closest thing to a date that I've had in 10 years. So I was like, yeah. 
I was supposed to go to this gallery showing, this thing called Dirty Little Drawings. It was a collection of artists that had all done six by six erotic gay artworks. And you could buy one for $60, but the whole thing was free. It was such a fucking nightmare on the subway getting there. I was a sweaty, dirty, stressed out mess. Like, it was horrendous subway nonsense. And to top it all off, I'm on this packed subway and I'm standing in front of these two women that let's just say they were on something and they were on something hard because they were drooling and acting all crazy and their eyes were like ping pong, ping pong. But they were talking really loud about all the dicks that they'd sucked all over the weekend, which, you know, I can get behind. I can get behind some good dick sucking. But, you know, if you're going to be talking about it loud in the subway in front of me with your cuckoo eyes, and you, you're forcing me to eavesdrop. And none of it was particularly great or funny or sexy because the thing that was just holding my attention was that they were sharing a cup of noodles, you know, cup of noodles ramen. They were eating cup of noodles ramen with their hands and dipping it in salsa with their hands and they're just slurping and slobbering and there's salsa flying everywhere and I'm, I'm getting hit with salsa and noodles. And I'm going, I am going to go meet a man and I'm covered in your detritus. I'm covered with your awful, and it's awful. You're awful, awful. And I get to the gallery, and it's so crowded, and it's so hot, and it's so cramped, and it's so confined, and I can't find my date. And I'm looking at some of the artwork, and it's like penis, penis, dicks on a wall, dicks on a wall. And it's like, okay, I, I would love to buy some art for my apartment, but I, I'm not even that gay enough that I could put up, you know, dicks on my wall. I can't, I can't. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But... As I'm looking on digs of the wall, I realize that there is like a good four-inch big red noodle hanging on my inner thigh from the ramen-eating ladies. Hanging on my thigh like a straight tampon string. I'm sorry if that's the most disgusting way I could put it, but that's what it looked like to me. And now I'm out in public in a room... Packed full with hundreds of gay men trying to find my date. And I've got this offensive thing on my leg and I bent and I'm trying to discreetly get it off my leg and it just keeps rolling down my leg like one of those wacky wall walker things. And I can't just, and the more I pull at it, the more it's breaking up. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. And then my date sees me. I'm bent over and he's like, are you posing as a live model for a new picture? And I'm like, no. Hi, okay, this might have been sexy in another scenario if I was not trying to pull, like, someone else's ramen noodle tampon string off my leg, but, well, this never happened on Sex in the City. I don't know what to do with myself. You know, I think I have talked more than enough in this intro section, although I do want to say before we go on, I have some haunted houses uh, lined up that I'm planning on going to in the next two weeks. No, I still have no money because I'm being hit with all these random insurance bills and I'm in a fight with my insurance company about it. And until it gets resolved, my cash is pretty much frozen. However, I contacted the Long Island Haunted House Society and I'm using my new street cred as someone listed to Rumor Magazine to get some press passes to go check at least one, maybe two out. Hopefully this pulls through. I'll find out more on Monday and you will find out as things progress. Have you been babbling enough? 
Yes, Patrick, I think you have. And I haven't even told you what happened on stage at the Underpants Cadeau, but I'm going to save that for another time because it does involve me winding up, writhing on the floor, completely naked, in a room full of strangers who paid to see this. Did that whet your appetite? Or did it make your appetite go away? I don't really care because it's time to start the show. We're going to play some music. We're going to bring on Manuel Canary. We're going to talk about American Gothic. Psychiatry doesn't throw around the way we used to. When you need to forget. I'm thinking of taking her on a, a little trip back to the islands. What could be better than a return to the wilds? We had a honeymoon there and she, she hugged it. I can't fix it. I think we'd better check out this island and see what we can find. What could be more inviting than a return to the past? Hey, you guys! Look at this! You guys, I think we better take it easy, huh? That's all right, children. Been meaning to get rid of them old things anyhow. These are the backwoods where time has a way of standing still. Please don't leave me, baby. I'm going to be 12. And I'm going to have a birthday party. But what harm could you come to playing with the children? Get back to the old American way. There will be no devil's play in this house. That child never does finish a chore. Is your friend coming or not? You gotta have patience, son. You should learn to read the good book. He who waits gets. American Gothic. Welcome home. <laughs> You're it! And ain't none of you never gonna get off this side of the line! My mom told me that! Rod Steiger, Yvonne DiCarlo, Michael J. Pollard. American Gothic. Everybody's welcome to stay. Pleased to meet you. I'm sure. <laughs> American Gothic. <laughs> so joining me to talk about this, well, somewhat lost gem from 1988. Well, I don't know how to describe him except to say that he is a handsome, multi-talented man from San Francisco. He's the host of the Wild Angel podcast, and he's the president of the Clean Play Club. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Manuel Canary.
exciting. I'm so glad we're doing this together. I'm so glad too. Thank you for that nice intro too. Oh, you're very <laughs> welcome. You're very welcome. I, I just, you know, I, I don't know if you wanted to keep the whole clean plate club a secret. No, nah, no, nah, it's good. It's, it's time we come out of that closet. It is kind of intimidating for a lot of people. <laughs> Are you calling me fat? <laughs> no. No. Uh, you're no, a I'm good boy. You're a good boy. Oh, well, good, good. I, I think I joined uh, Fanny and Woody and what's the other one's name? Teddy. 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 Yes. I'm in good company. You are. Well, <laughs> well I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. We got nothing. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Yes, period, done, and done. Period, and done, and finished. Okay, so, folks, we have a little bit of a unique situation here in that. Well, I follow Manuel on Facebook. He follows me. I've wanted him on the show for a while, and he put up something about this movie, about American Gothic. Yes, yes. And I timidly was like, we talked about it briefly, and I just said, would you like to come on the show and talk about it? <laughs> And, and he said, of course, yes, of course. Are you kidding me? And I love your podcast. That's how I friended you on Facebook, you know, from listening. Thank you. From Thank you. Normally, so normally I'm the one pushing movies on people. Yeah. So it's nice to have someone else pick it for me. That's great. And this is not one I'm gaga in love with. Really? I kind of love it. It's kind of been a favorite of mine through, through the years. Well, we'll uh, talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. So it's, it's kind yeah. of nice. Also, as I, ta- as I said to Manuel earlier in the week, that I had watched the movie last weekend. And, well, those of you who listened to the last episode, you got to hear Smooch <laughs> the Cat eat my notes. I did. I heard it after you told me. That I, I took on the show. Yeah. Oh, so Lordy. I just... And just now, we had agreed on a time. We said, okay, because Manuel's in San Francisco, I'm in New York. And we had agreed on 6 o'clock. And at 5.30, I said, did we say 6 o'clock his time or my time? And it turned out it was my time. My time. No, <laughs> my time. So I was like, shit, I needed to watch them. So I just like fast forwarded through the movie to the parts that I'd forgotten <laughs> that, I was, that I wanted notes on. So it's just, you might be leaving a lot of this. That's all right. I, I'm, okay. I'm on board. I on board. trust you because you... You, I'm, you, you're an exciting person. So since yes. you have a brand new podcast, yes, yes, tell us excited. about Wild Angel, the films of a Roger Corman. Yeah, well, I, I, um, much like you, I love cult and horror films, but I have a special place in my heart for, uh, the ones, the, the movies of sort of, of the era gone by, you know, the classics, I guess you could say, uh-huh. but, um, of that particular genre of cult and horror. And, uh, I've been a Roger Corman fan all my life. Uh, well, actually, since I was a teenager, which is practically all my life. Sure. <laughs> the parts that matter anyway. Well, you're only 22, and, so. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't see me now. <laughs> can't see the old queen on the screen. So, you know what? The voice will do. So, um, no, no. I just love his stuff. And I thought I've always wanted to do a podcast because it's just kind of like I'm a performer here in San Francisco. So, I love to, to hear myself talk. <laughs> and uh, But I thought <laughs> I have... <laughs> That is, a, that is the real reason why we all do that. Yeah, it? It, really, it is, I think. I think I used to be really critical of what I sounded like. Now I don't give a shit. Now I'm just like, look, I'm here. I'm queer. Get used to it. Enjoy it. And, um, but it's, oh, it's, it's and, something and, that I, and, I, I know I a lot of, um, a lot about. So I thought, let me do something where I'm really knowledgeable in, something that I'm passionate about. And, and uh, I even have a tattoo that says directed by Roger Corman. It's nice. actually a yeah, it's actually a title card from uh, his movie Bucket of Blood, which is one of my favorites. Nice. So, nice, yeah, nice, so nice. It's, it's we just break every episode. I only have two so far, but um, the we break down. I break down three movies 
uh, and I go sort of behind the scenes and then give my own sort of impression on it, how I came to love the film or, or not, and what I think, think about it in addition to sort of the background um, information on it. So, and then we're working, we're working on a third one with some, some uh, co-hosts. Uh, every third episode, I'm going to just sort of a roundtable discussion, oh. I decided. So hopefully you'll be joining me for one of those too I'd sometime. Love to. I'd, I'd love, love to. I'd love to have you on there. I love you some Roger Corman. And hey. what I was very impressed with because I listened to both the episodes. Your show is not like a lot of the other genre shows that are out there. A lot of it is just well, like your roundtable thing. People sit yeah. around, yeah. very informal. However, yours is very structured, very well produced, well, thank and you. very very knowledgeable. I thank learned you. things. Thank you very much. I pre- that's what I was going for because I think. Uh, people in our age range, we sort of love, uh, we're known to love movies maybe starting in the 70s. You know, like. Uh, before we were which, born, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, before. Uh, yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> before I was born. Good one, good one. Um, Work with me. But, but, but we, we love those movies. Uh, that's kind of where we start usually with our love for horror films are in our very our young age range, which you mentioned. Uh, that's where sort of our love of, of horror movies comes in, or begins. But um, because I love all that older stuff, it's nice for me to, to sort of share this with my friends and fellow genre enthusiasts, uh, things they may not know, because he was a trendsetter, really, and uh, uh, I think he's worth, uh, he's worth having an entire podcast ded- dedicated well, to. Well, you have an endless source of material, because he made a gazillion movies. Exactly, exactly. And, I, and I, in this last episode, I did also, one of my favorites is Dementia 13. He didn't direct that, he produced it. It was Francis Ford Coppola's first True. Legit, legit film. True. Uh, but well, he had his fingers in a lot of movie pies. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and he, lives his, he leaves his sort of uh, uh, thumbprint on all those films. So, Yes, anyway, he does. Did he do – he did Rock and Roll High School, am I correct? He, did, he produced that. And I think Alan Arkish directed that. I think that's how he says it. I have I was, no idea. But I was season, but – I just, I just said, okay, you have a tattoo. This, this was his, this was his big influence on me as a youth. I had the LP of oh, the Rocket Sam- to Ruin. Oh yes, the Ramones. Rocket to Ruin, the Ramones album, Rocket to Ruin. Yeah. And I took a blue magic marker, and I wrote riff on it, so that it looked like oh. Riff Randall's copy of the oh, record. Oh, that's great! Oh, that's the what, movie, that's a great not time. my name. I didn't put my name on no, it. I put it. her name on it. Wow. And I met PJ Souls at one of these conventions. She was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. You were kind of a loser. I'm like, I still oh. am PJ Souls. <laughs> She's great. She's wonderful. I love PJ Souls. She's great in interviews, too. That's Me great that you met her. too. Yes, yes. She's, she's fantastic. We'll do that one somewhere along the way for sure, too. Maybe, sorry, you and I, maybe you and I can discuss that one when we do the okay. uh, sure thing. podcast together. Yeah, we'll talk about okay. that. Okay, so enough about you. Let's talk yeah. about this movie. Now, since you are the guest, yes, Manuel... It is your job to give me a 30-second summary of the plot of American okay. Gothic. Yes, yes. Okay, so let's see. Right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> Where does a 30-second begin? Okay, so... No, it's, 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 not, it's not a tight 30 seconds, but just okay. you know what I mean. Just <laughs> keep, keep, keep it brief. I'll have, once, once upon a time, I had people rambling for like nine minutes. I'm like, just, okay, no, 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 just wrap it up, wrap it up. Okay, I'm telling I'm you just, up front, keep it brief. Sounds good. I'm, uh, I'm all about that. Okay, so it is American Gothic is a film about, uh, I think it's six, six adults, six, six. Uh, it's six. Uh, couples, and uh, one of them has just been released from a mental institution. Uh, we'll talk about why. And uh, she, uh, they, in order to sort of uh, make her feel better, her husband uh, takes her and, her and his friends on this little putt-putt plane 
uh, to go camping in the wilderness. Uh, Pup Pup Plane ends up having some uh, engine trouble, so they land on this uh, random island uh, and they seek help and they find it within a home owned by some crazy backwoods people stuck in the 1920s who are <laughs> not bad people. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and right, scene. Right, okay. Well done. Okay, thank you. Well done. Okay, so this has got quite a cast in it. It does. It's got an Oscar winner, mm-hmm. an Oscar nominee, mm-hmm. and Lily Monster. Yes. Now, you know, that's funny because I'm also, we're talking about people we're fans of. I came to American Gothic via Yvonne DiCarlo because I love that woman. I I'm adore Yvonne DiCarlo. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, I even, this is this is fits perfectly in a gay podcast because I, believe it or not, I was even in my teens, mind you, uh, in the YDC International Fan Club. Save on the wow. club. There was such a thing. So you were like, down with YDC? I totally was. Yeah, you know me. Thank you. 1991 and- joke. I never get old here. <laughs> oh, God, that's really my time. But, um, no, so I was a fan of hers. I just, I, I think I, I saw her in the Munsters. Uh, mm-hmm. and the, That's where we all started, else, sure. Everybody else. And that's sort of where I just thought she was incredible. And so I just sort of went back and and schooled myself on, on her films and on her career. Uh, and of course, she was stunning in her heyday. Absolutely one of the most beautiful women ever put on film. You posted my, a photo of her earlier in the I week. I did. I did. That is drop-dead gorgeous. It's stunning. I mean, she's just flawless. She was, and she was a good actress, too. She's a fantastic... That's what I was going to say, that the six... Kids, oh well, no, they're not kids. The six yuppies aside, yeah, they got pretty much a bang up. They do, and I wonder about actors who took this silly little project incredibly seriously. They did, and it's like they're all in. You know, Rod Steiger, and yes, please. Oscar winner for uh, um, in the heat of the night. Oh, and oh, okay, and of course, on the waterfront. And he was he was nominated for uh, uh, on the waterfront and something else. I'm not sure what the That's, other one is. It's one of the greats, and. Um, and then Michael J. Pollard, who I love. He's always so freaky in every part he plays. And again, Oscar nominee for Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde, yeah. He was terrific. Uh, and then Fiona Hutchison's in it. Hutchison or Hutchinson, I can't remember. But she was on... on um, is she on, the Amy no. Steele clone in this one? Yes, yes, she is. Yeah, I we'll get so. into all that later. Yes. Yeah, no. She, she, was, um, she was in um, uh, a couple of soap operas in the 80s. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Bonnie Clyde and One Life to Live or something like that. Uh, but anyway, from the yeah, game it does. with Michael Douglas. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Uh huh. That was her big one. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. um, oh, Janet Wright is the name of the the lady who plays Fanny, who almost steals the movie. She walks away with this movie, right? Now, Fanny she... is the eldest daughter of this creepy Yvonne. couple, known only yeah. as Mon Pa. And that's Rod Steiger and Yvonne DiCarlo, who is and like they say, like she's dressed like a little girl. But as 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 bitchy jumpsuit says, she's got to be at least fifty years old. Yes. with her fat, bloated face. She says, "Uh huh, bloated face." Yeah, I uh, looked her up too, and she's she yeah. another she uh, was a classically trained theater actress. Yeah, and I mean, you could tell the commit level of commitment, like you said, mm-hmm. in this little sort of crazy little project. It, it, that takes you know committed actors. So I think you're right. The the main the family anyway. Yeah, because the, the yuppies are like, wah <laughs> oh, hey. But also, they're weird. They're like, well, we'll get into it if you want to go through it. But the, the, the thing about them is, that I think the girl who plays Cynthia, the main 
the girl that's sort of the main character in essence uh-huh. that was released because of the the baby issue yep. from the from the insane asylum. She's she's good. She's fine. I think she's good. She I doesn't mean, have a lot to do but to look tortured. Right, right. But also, I kind of like that about this movie too is that she's not like all, con- consistently like uh, just raving and raging about having lost a kid. She's kind of trying to move on. Yeah, which is yeah. Nice. I mean, she's having her private issues, which the others right. don't necessarily know about. We know. Because right, we get convenient right. flashbacks to let us know that we get it. We get it. We right. didn't need to see the baby drown four I times. Know. I know. And the funny thing about that is, because I think of a movie like The Invitation, for instance, which is a great film. I think you yes. talked about the movie, right? Yes, I did. Love it. It's, it's, I liked it a lot, too. But in that one, it's all about that, you know, the, the thing of losing a child. But it's like the torture. Of losing, I mean, it's everything. Most the crux of the movie is about that. Yes. And he's struggling, like, a lot through the movie. And to the point where it's... It's it's difficult to watch and to, to see somebody go through that. So this is kind of nice that they took the other, yeah, the other sort of take on it. The, yeah, she's maybe, better now. She is. She's, she's better now. Better. She's all, all better. They let her out of the hospital. She's totally better now. Yeah, and she gives him a hug and a kiss, and she's walking down that hallway in that great shot where you see her legs at the beginning of the film. Yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but that's the cast anyway. Yes, it is. I saw this on VHS back in the day. Me too. Me too. I have not seen it since. Oh, you haven't because seen it Because when since. I saw it, well, because back in the day, I was what, you know, three? Uh-huh. When it came out, sure, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for something else. You know, it was the 80s. I want yeah. my gore fest. Sure, sure. This is not a gore fest. No. In the no. slightest. The kills uh-huh. are, for the most part, pretty tame. They are tame. They are tame. You don't see anything. I think there's one, really, only one that's really graphic, and that's when, towards the end, where she kills it with a little baby bassinet or bathtub or whatever it is well i was going to say when she, uh, the other one with the little toy oh sure of no, course that one's yeah, yeah they're they're both pretty graphic but that's it I yeah mean, that's the other pretty much it and they're what? not inventive for the most part no what one of them you don't even see i mean they tie her up in the in the jump rope and then it cuts and then later on they fight you know they find her hanging on the off of the tree yeah so when, as 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 a as a wee youth i was sure had, i just had no use for this yeah, I don't think it was, and I don't think it didn't look, it's funny because horror movies, even nowadays, really, they're designed for a younger audience, but this one doesn't really no, go for that. No, because you're dealing with, like, they're, they're not kids no. that are on this trip. They, they act no. like idiots, but we're yeah, thinking, no. okay, these are professional people. Yeah, they're like this young sort of, I mean, they're, they're They can afford a plane. Yeah, and I was. They like, can afford a plane in scuba gear, their own scuba gear, so they, they must be doing okay. They, okay, by the way, they took scuba gear to go camping. Okay. I know. What the hell were they going? I don't even know where the hell they were going. They, they said never they were said going it. camping. Man, know, well, but, woods is woods. I know. <laughs> but I was like, where? Actually, it's Canadian film. It's a Canadian I film. I know, I know. That's the other irony. I'm like, so, because I guess Canadian Gothic. Canadian Gothic. Like American Mary is a movie that's all shot in Canada, yeah. too. And the title doesn't mean anything in reference to the movie. So why'd you call it, it this? I don't know. Whatever. And it's funny because you could hear a little bit of the accents on all the actors are Canadian, obviously, except for the two the leads. The two yeah. leads, I think, two or three. And the, the rest, including Janet Wright, is Canadian. So you can hear the a boot uh-huh. being dropped every once in a while uh, so you know you're not in the USA anymore. <laughs> yes, it, it makes me happy. Yeah, and it has that distinctive... I don't know if there's a, such a thing as a Canadian look to a film, but this has it. <laughs> okay. Which I don't know what that means. But you know what I mean? Just, just like the way I it don't know look, what that means either. It has well, I, I guess it could look like a curling match could bust out at any moment. <laughs> totally. Well, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've ever watched, like, Degrassi Junior High or, or some of those yeah, Canadian yeah, things. They all yeah, have yeah, this yeah. weird sort of dry look to it, you know, very basic. Well, there's but, a dry feel to the movie overall. Yeah, yeah. Like, even though these horrible things are happening, there's a weird kind of detachment 
mm-hmm. to the whole thing. Like even the the finale and the climax is very subdued. It is. It is. There is Oddly a very subdued. It's a very weird film. It's very weird. I think that's what I like about it. I think it's unlike anything else. In a time where you know movies are movies are now and have been really always tend to copy each other you know take take a genre and go with it and imitate it or yes remake yes. It or whatever or reboot it um this one is so out there in its plot line it's so different than anything that was out at that time yeah but i mean you could you could say okay yeah well well they stole the idea from texas chainsaw because it's a crazy killer family yeah. but but, but no. I don't think it's, it's not in the same way. Like you said, it's not graphic. It's more, and I think it's in, in essence really just a really jet black comedy in essence. Because yeah, yeah, because you know, they're crazy, but they're not raving. No, it's crazy. weird because they're, they're not ha- your your drooling, sputtering lunatics. Right, we but. knew right away in, te- in Texas Chainsaw that these people were going to kill you basically, and they're out for blood. But yeah. in this one, you don't know that. I mean, they they, they actually, although they're weird, they're stuck in this nineteen twenties uh, lifestyle. They're actually very nice at first. You know, they're very, they're they welcome very nice them to the at home. First. I mean, you, you know, if you don't know what, what their ulterior motive is, they're inviting these people that they don't know into their home and they're eating and they're giving them food and shelter. And that's what brings me back to these characters. They're assholes. They mock them at the table. They are assholes. First of all, this is a thing that has happened in other movies. I can't yeah. specify exactly. Okay. The plane goes down. Well, it doesn't right. crash, but they, they do an emergency landing. They leave one of the guys to watch the plane. Mm-hmm. Well, the others go search the island, and they find the house. There's nobody in the house at the time. They right. invite themselves in and just bust shit up. Right. They just immediately start going through people's private drawers. Oh, they're, they're dancing around, like, mocking the clothes. It's just... I mean, it's crazy. They're idiots. They're idiots, and they're rude. Yes. <laughs> because... You which, know, like, may, which for yeah. me, I was like, I would kind of, if I made the movie, I would have liked to have seen that emphasized more, that there was a bigger difference between the family yeah. and these kids. Not, yeah. well, you know, the yuppies. Because, you know, yeah. they weren't bad. Like, the kids weren't, I keep calling them kids. Yeah. I know what you Deal mean. with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I the know. kids weren't. The kids in comparison to Yvonne DeCarlo and Rudd's Bad family. enough. They acted like teenagers in a weird way, but they weren't. But I don't know. Like I would have liked to have seen more wicked behavior. And that's why they were punished. But then again, they were. I don't know. It's well, it's like you don't. I mean, the rude. It adds to the weird. They're going to be killed, but you do sort of start to side with the family. Going, then you ingrates. You know, they're mocking them at the table into to their faces, basically. You know, uh-huh. and, and then did you notice also, by the way, that the guy that I think. I don't remember the name of the the character, but the one that's left at the at the plane. Paul. They, they t- totally forget about him. Uh, that's what. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. Glass. <laughs> the guy with the glasses and the amazing mullet. Oh my god! And he's the hot. He's pretty hot, actually. If you look. That's what up. I said. I'm like, well, but well, that hair. <laughs> so I, yeah, the hair. But you know what? It was the '80s. We exactly. all were guilty of something. Well, we weren't. Uh, well, we no. Never. No, we weren't because yeah. you know we just we were far too young. <laughs> far too young and far too fashionable. Yes, our our parents were taking us for haircuts. We couldn't make those decisions. <laughs> no, no, we couldn't. No, 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 no. No, they leave him there to watch the plane. They find the house with people in it, and at no point do they say, hey, we no. found people. Hey, they're making us food. They're Why don't you come up and there. eat? Nobody brings a plate down to him. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> dies the next morning. Nobody goes to get Nobody Paul. To There's no him. mention of Paul. I guess they don't like Paul. I don't know. Maybe he sucked as an actor or was a diva or something, and they cut it, you know, his part down. Who knows? But imagine poor fucker by himself there, you know, they, hanging you know, out. Those could be dead, dead for all he knows. <laughs> oh, my God. It was at least being entertained. 
because he dies too. They find his body in the boat later, you know, so yeah. it's a no-win situation, I guess. It really is. It really <laughs> is. So Cynthia, her boyfriend slash husband, we don't really know the relationship, but they had a baby. They did. Her boyfriend is Jeff, and he's got that 80s home perm thing happening, <laughs> and also seems like he just woke up the yeah. whole movie. Yeah, he has that look on his face. He looks like he's really strapped. He does. With a three-day hangover. He's the only one that's struggling with some kind of turmoil, I guess, because he does see that. That's not, that's not a dead baby. He has no problem with the dead he baby. Has no baby. My baby's dead. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, wow. Like, yeah, he's got an interesting look. Plus, it's a kind of a ruggedy-looking face. I don't shouldn't cap on his looks or anything, but that hair, you know, it's a hair movie. I mean, the, the, the bitchy girl... Um, Lynn as well. Lynn, she she has that afro sort of big hair as well. Yeah, well, it's a combination afro thing, but she's also got that '80s height in the front, <laughs> that straight up height. Totally. And she's wearing a freaking killer jumpsuit. Yes. Oh no, wait. That's the other. That's the other one. That's a blonde one. No, she's got the she's got the uh, sports jacket on. Yeah, that's the blonde the varsity one. Varsity jacket. One, the other one is the bitchy one. She's the um, the one with the varsity jacket and the jumpsuit pants. Uh, but the bitchy one is the other one. She's actually kind of nice, that okay, one. Okay, well, she kind of had a jumpsuit thing going on at some point. She did. She, did. she had, that, like, a belt or whatever. It's, it's 80s fashion, late 80s. It's, a, again, no, a no-win situation <laughs> with that. No, well. no, again, it wasn't their fault. Yeah. These are the clothes that were made available. Yes. It was what was in. And, and, her, and uh, her boyfriend is Rob, who's the, who's the biggest asshole of them. Yeah. He's the one that's, like, flaunting, I'm going to take my girl upstairs and get 40 winks. No. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. no, no. There will be house. no devil's play no. in this house. No, clearly not. No. But it's interesting, too, because that one, the, 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 the one that's sort of bitchy all the time and smoking, uh, she's the one that was in the soap operas, I think. In any case, it doesn't really matter. Oh, I'm but sorry. She, so we got that confused. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. But anyway, she... Um, so the other one was in the, the game. The, the other one was one. in the game. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the blonde one. So um, I have to go back and watch. That's a great film, too. I have to go back and see that sometime. Um, so what's also interesting about this is that, like I said, you don't – they get to this house and it's abandoned. So first you just meet Ma and Pa. Yeah. At some point, their daughter is introduced. We don't meet all of the characters in this family right away. No. Ne- and neither do the, the, the kids. So they're right. just like, how many people are in this family? People just keep showing up. And as an audience member, I'm going, how many people are in this family? How many yeah. people are on this island? It's weird because they're not having dinner. It's like if they're little kids, wouldn't they be having dinner with them? But they're not little kids. Well, I mean, in theory. Uh (laughs) But they're not. Well, I guess they were were taking care of Paul. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. We've forgotten Paul. And they come in, and it's weird because they're like late in the film, too. Like, I mean, the uh, Fanny's introduced first uh, a little bit. But then, and then a little bit later is is Woody. And then, um, God, I keep forgetting the other one's name. Teddy. It's kind of past the halfway point where we see him for the first time. Yeah. He's the creepiest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they come out of the woodwork for sure. And you know, for such a religious family, because they are staunchly religious people. Right, right. For such a staunchly religious people to have two of their children named after body parts. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> totally. Fanny can't win either way. Like, no. Either here or in England. It's just different no. sides of the pelvis. <laughs> right. And Woody. And, and, and Woody, and those, and Fanny especially would be a word that those religious people would use to refer to the ass. So, 
What? Interesting. Fanny would be a word that they would use to refer to ass, you know, being a, a, a religious family. They would never say, you know, ass. No. They'd say Fanny for sure. So, mm-hmm. and Woody, well, we'll wow. let that be. <laughs> it's Canada. It is. That's all. That's, that's the, the answer to it all right there. So then... The, what happens after? So the, the, well, all, I mean, there's this the dinner, everybody goes to bed, but yes. you know, Fanny takes a liking to Cynthia. Yes. And they go play, sort of. Mm-hmm. And Fanny, well, she's got she's got a little friend. Who's her friend? Oh, it's a little baby. It's a little baby. baby. <laughs> That's an actual baby. <laughs> it is. Holy shit, that part's really nasty. It's a fucking mummified baby. It's a mummified baby. Oh, Which God, clearly it's... is hers. <laughs> Right, and it's probably from t- uh, Teddy because it's alluded to that they, that she kind of has her way with him when whenever she feels like in that one yeah. scene. Uh huh. So, ugh. Uh huh. It's nasty. It's all black and charcoaly and. Uh huh. And so, yeah. of course, Cynthia does not take this well at all. No, no she doesn't. Because she has her own dead baby issues. <laughs> she does. And it's funny because she she later after that happens after she sees the, she passes out yeah you know and um and then she's kind of revived too and the, the her boyfriend doesn't believe her she passes out like all night passes out. actually I yeah. think this is the, I think this I think we jumped a bit because I th- we did we did because there's a murder that the first yeah, murder because pa- Paul that. is killed first thing in the morning on the swing on the swing which of course anybody would you know would these uh, clearly. You know, people with mental That swing issues. was built so, to kill people. I know, it's on the side of a fucking cliff. <laughs> <laughs> but Fanny and Woody, are, that's when you meet Woody, they're playing on the swing and they invite mm. Paul to sit in the swing. Yeah, and he does because he's a nice guy with a mullet. Yeah, but you know it's never good when you're on a swing like that and they belt you in. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's and not it, a good sign. It's, it really is one of those, like, how would anybody ever really do that? I mean, you, these people are psychos. You kind of tell. They're wanting you to go on this massive swing by the side of a cliff. Sure, why not? Let's uh-huh. do it. Sure. Uh-huh. These, these adult baby children, are not, they're, not, they're not a threat at all. No, not at all. <laughs> Especially with a swing at it by a cliff. That I cannot get out of now. No. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he That's goes over the but Like you were saying, it's tame in the sense that you just do the swing, and then he just flies off. You don't see anything... Later no, on, you, you, they, you see the body after he lands. Afterwards, but yeah, but there's it's no, a very undramatic yeah. presentation, which is dramatic then in its own right. That they're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, that is so. So matter of fact, matter of but, fact, yeah. But it's also like um, I don't know, maybe it's a budget constraint. I think they were going for with the kills. That, some of the kills they were going for, like you know, taking innocent children, child games, you know, ch- children's games, and uh huh, that's true. That's true because yeah, they get he gets killed with the swing. Lynn is killed with the jump rope. Jeff is killed with the toy soldier. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is all games. Yeah. That's sort of Okay, what so there's an axe and then there's rape later on. But, you know, whatever. Okay, but... <laughs> whatever. Those are extras. <laughs> I am just surprised. Mr. Charge. Given the nature of the movie. Yeah. That they weren't eating people at dinner. Yeah, you'd think that would have added a little element. I wonder if it's... Of course, since they weren't eating people, I'm going, how is what this are... family sustaining itself? Like, because their clothes, while dated... Are nice. Know, yeah, they're nice. They're clean. They're, nice they're clean. Pleasant. And, and uh, he does come back. You know, uh, if you just jumping towards it later in the movie, comes back to his house, Rod Steiger Pa, and he's holding like a rabbit or something, like yeah. that he hunted. So yeah, that I got. Bad. But later on, they also make a cake. And where'd you get flour? Oh yeah, where'd you get all that shit? I know. <laughs> but 
It's also interesting to think, how the hell, I mean, I would love to, to see what backstory would have been, like how they all ended up there, you know, if they gave up on like civilization, like they did in um, the, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, yeah. The Village, remember? Yeah. I wonder if it was that kind Spoiler, of idea. That, but yes, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's 15 years old. It's good. Yeah. We're good. It's, We're good. it's all go, right? But if you find out that, you know, it's that same idea where maybe they gave up because they were so religious to go back to the time. I'm assuming that is exactly what happened. And, and the children, like, at first we were talking with some friends when we had seen it, and one person thought that maybe the kids were just mentally unstable people that were victims. They had landed on that island by accident as well, uh-huh. and then they were taken over as children. But it could very well be that they were the real children as well, you know. I think they were real. I do, too. It was kind of an interesting idea, but I it don't... It is an interesting idea. Well, that actually comes up later, so... Yeah. But when it's brought up, it sounds like a new thing, but we're not there yet. We're yeah. not there yet. No. So we did that murder on the swing, and then I think in between that is when that happens, where the um, dead baby, the baby thing happens. Yeah, dead baby two. Yes, and because because she tries to, I think she goes towards it at one point at the beginning of of, of the little. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When she's explaining, that's when you meet Fanny. Is yeah. that Cynthia has gone off and exploring right. rooms and going through drawers and peeking through closets okay. like you do yeah. when somebody's. House, house where somebody clearly lives there but whatever neither here nor there but she there's a crib that's covered and she's going towards the crib and before she gets the cover off fanny comes in like don't wake my baby yeah <laughs> she's so great oh my god she's amazing but i was i was going to tell you in that one scene and did you notice that the bitch girl i guess we'll call her bitch she bitch she's like, yeah <laughs> sure bitch girl she's she has some kind of like fascination with uh mary pickford there she is a weird Mary fascination Pick- with Mary Pickford. Well, she comes in and she says, and we're supposed to believe this bitch knows who Mary Pickford even is. You know, she's this total, like, material, you know, bitchy girl. And she's going through the clothes and she says, oh, this is just like the outfit Mary Pickford were in Little Mary Sunshine or uh-huh. some, whatever the hell. And then there's a picture made. of... Mary, said, is that Mary Pickford? Uh-huh. Is this but this never comes obsessed? back. It never goes no. anywhere. And why, like, would she know? I mean, like, Oh, my God, know. Ma's really Mary Pickford. I was like... It's got to be some some old queen must have written the screenplay. You know, if it was some old queen that was going through with, oh, this is the same dress Mary Pickford wore, you know, in 1931 or whatever. But to think that particular character would even know or care is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, and to bring it up twice. Probably the biggest stretch in the whole film. To bring it up <laughs> twice. Mary Pickford. It's hilarious. Someone has a boner for Mary Pickford. <laughs> yeah, this bitch. <laughs> Rich bitch or bitch girl. Maybe that's why she's so cranky. I know, maybe. (laughs) The love of my life died 40 years before I was born. (laughs) My idol, Mary Pickford. Oy vey. I mean, Mary Pickford was awesome, but come on now. Yeah. But it'd be funny if there was a picture of Yvonne DiCarlo from the 40s down there. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. The thing is, with this movie, as these people are getting knocked off, and we're getting down to the the final two, which is Cynthia and Terry... Terry's the, the game girl. The blonde. In another movie, mm-hmm. Terry would have lived. Right, she would have been the final girl. Because A, she had the Amy Steele vibe going on. Yes, she did. In looks and in demeanor, because she's the one who's fighting. Mm-hmm. She's the one who's coming up with plans. Yeah, she's a tough one. She's the one Meanwhile, Cynthia is the one who's always just like, has to drag along. She's the girl who cries the whole movie. Uh, and then dies. She's, you know, that one. The last one to die is usually crying girl. Yeah. That should have been Cynthia, but it's not. Yeah. Because she's got a backstory. Yeah, she does. She yeah, death. and then we find out that, oh, and then we get some corpse rape. 
Oh. We do. Again, like, kind of like, you don't see, you see the beginnings of it. Thank goodness. No, yeah, you see enough. See enough. Maybe well, extremely you uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. And then, that's sort of where, when he brings her, uh, no, when um, uh, Teddy comes back, they're all waiting for him, because I guess the the, um, the other kids told Woody on him. squealed, yeah. Yeah. Because here's the thing. There's a scene before that where mm-hmm. Rod Steiger is talking to Yvonne DiCarlo by the fire. Oh, yeah. And he's yes. talking about his children and how they're untouched. And he's like, I think they should stay here forever, forever. and forever. Yeah. It's not clear. Was he, is he planning on keeping both of the girls? Because I think he was, they were supposed to bring both two girls back. Yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe he was. But. And maybe that's I mean, why he's so he's, mad. I guess maybe he wants to bone them too. Or, yeah. <laughs> or he's, he wanna... he doesn't want any more kids with five heads. Yes. And he probably wants, you know, like, you know, procreating, I guess, to keep going, to keep that family going, I guess. But yeah, and maybe that's one of the reasons why he's extra. It wasn't clear. No. Because I don't need, because it could also be that he's talking about the kids that are there already. Yeah. You know, he did, kids. That's what I thought mm-hmm. initially. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why aren't they. Yeah. Killing? And they killed these and girls, they, now that we've had all this scene, now that we've found bodies, now that they know what we're doing, we're not killing them right away, even though we were kind of hunting them. But now all of a sudden the game changed, but yeah, that Teddy must screwed be the it up. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's a, good, that's a good thought. Okay, Tara was never going to put up with that shit anyway. No, no. She's a tough, she's tough bitch. Uh-huh. She fell <laughs> off a cliff and lived. Yeah, yeah, she would have. And with those she pants. Did. She, <laughs> she went oh, she did. and she fell did. off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> she did. So that we can have another baby, dead baby freak out. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. She's floating in the water like my dead baby did in the bathtub. <laughs> I After know, I went to go great. answer the phone and then go check on the meatloaf. <laughs> what a, what I understand mothering ass. is hard. I understand. That's why I'll never do it. <laughs> Me either. I won't be no mother. <laughs> no, my oil, if, I, if I am that baby, can, just, you know, just no. no just, I'll oh. just handy wipe it when it needs a bath. And it wouldn't even make it to that age if it was a <laughs> I don't even know what oh, would happen. Oh, man, well, we should raise a not-baby together. <laughs> we should. <laughs> We'd be, be the best not-parents ever. It would be like a two-month commitment. That's it. <laughs> be done. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I'm unfit to parent. Yeah, but then there's the big shift. Yes. That Which happens I... in the story. Like, this should be the final reel. But I th- and I think the I mean, this final chase, like, oh, well, well, we got Terry, now we're going to chase down Cynthia, but that doesn't happen. What happens, Manuel? Well, she snaps. She snaps, Cynthia. Well, she's seeing Teddy being uh, whipped, or, or not whipped. Well, it's but... pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, because Teddy, you know. Uh, but not whipped. What do you call it when you, uh, you know, well, you use he's a stick. With a... He's beating him, basically, with a, yep. with a switch or a, a stick. And, um, and that makes her snap, which is interesting. I mean, out of all the things that make her snap, is and, they're, and they're doing that. I forget what they're chanting. They're praying and they're chanting in some sort of you know, God religious. thing, some God thing, like God, God be cleansed. There's no, I don't know, whatever. And then she starts chanting along, and you see the look on her face, like, oh, she just went over the deep she, end. She, she did, went over the deep end. She snapped, which is really interesting. But hey, I like that it does that because you would expect her to have that final chase, and somehow she murders them all or whatever uh, which, at the end. Well, okay, but yes, but not which happens, but not. But not in the way you think. The way you would think. Mm-hmm. That she would be sort of the hero or whatever. No, she she ain't no hero. Oh, it's so I love that it took that that twist in the end. I mean, yeah, I, because I would, now she's the, part of the family. She is. She and Fanny get matching dresses. That's very cute. 
They're so cute. It's Fanny's birthday. They have the mystery cake that came from somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> With the mystery ingredients. Who knows? They may... Who knows? It's they a start. dirt cake. It's a dirt cake. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they had that that birthday thing. They had the stripe because that was coming uh-huh, up. Basically. But what happens? What goes wrong? Why does Wakesford snap again? What More. puts Cynthia under over another deep end? Well, would you guess it has something to do with a damn baby? Wait, what? They haven't <laughs> set that up at all. <laughs> what oh, happens with a dead those. baby? Well, she sees... Um, oh, actually, uh, hold on. Yes. Hold on. We yes. skipped something. We skipped the big dolls. Oh, was that before the baby? Oh, yeah, yeah it was. It has to be before it the baby. Was. It was. Yeah, it was. After, the, after the birthday party. Yeah, they, they, they go down get, to... Cynthia gets a special welcome treat. Yeah. She gets to go down in the basement and play with the big dolls. Yeah. And the big dolls are the previous people that have been on that island in the same fashion before. Mm-hmm been killed in those people that came on the beach and thought they could just commit all kinds of sin yeah pa ma pa and the crew took care of them and that's kind of a cool they go through and they tell what each person did you know what they would make Uh love each and all that stuff uh but you know what i caught on to something and i don't know if, if this is sort of right they're hanging i don't know if you noticed but they're hanging by the um scarves yeah so, do you remember when Ma at the beginning says uh, he's wearing one of the boys Paul. wearing a scarf? And she says, oh, that scarf looks good on you. I'm, I'm, um, I'm fixing to let you have it or to, to make one just for you. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a neat – I never caught that before, but I think she's alluding to the fact that that's the first sort of buried clue that they're going to get killed. Yeah, that, that's a very kind of a vague, cool little, vague clue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I mean she does say, I told you that scarf looked good on you while his body's hanging there. Yeah, yeah. So to make sure that we got it. It's a little bit foreshadowing that, that I never recognized. Yeah, I, yeah, but uh, then it is backed up later on. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's kind of that's a cool that's cool because you get to, and then all her friends are there and too. And she's so pleased to see all of her dead friends hanging she's there. Happy, <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, fine. little Cynthia happy at last. Little Cynthia happy. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, and then just referencing a TV movie that was made long before we were born. (laughs) Yeah, but what was the name of the the actual name of the Little Gloria Happy at Last? It was a Gloria Vanderbilt story. That's what I heard, anyway. Oh, really? Oh, god, we got to dig that out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I know you love the I know you love the TV movies, so. Uh huh. (laughs) I do, I do, I do. They're terrible, but I love them. Well, but they're great. Oh, come on, they're like they're classics on their own. Well, it's a thing. I well, okay, now we're off. We're on a tangent. Tangent. That's okay. Like in my memory, so many of them are great, and I'll watch them now and be like, "Oh my god, this is a slog." Yeah, and they're only seventy-five minutes, and they feel like an eternity, you know? Uh huh. Because they were only those ninety-minute uh, slots. So. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, to have no, to have a movie about Gloria Vanderbilt and a tough life, I mean, come on now. Oh my god, I know. Oh, you poor, poor, <laughs> poor, poor lady. Oh, <laughs> you should have your baby drown and end up on an island with a bunch of retards. <laughs> Oh, no, because that would mean Anderson Cooper would be dead. Oh, no. Oh, he would never be. Oh, no, he'd be the dead baby. No! <laughs> we would not want that at all. No, oh, take it back, back, Manuel. Take it back. Oh, and I, and I, and I apologize for the, the, term, the term I used. I shouldn't have used that. But um, I did, and I apologize. <laughs> the R word. Uh-oh. If you get complaints, I, uh, apologies ahead of time. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we, we, we have... We... We have not gone back in time and aborted okay. Anderson Cooper. No. Oh, no. Not before the debate. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, my God. 
No, we want that. We don't want that at all. He's one. He's one no. of the ones. No, no, no. Okay, so let's get back to the movie. Yeah. So now we're we're in the playroom. We're in Fanny's bedroom. Yes. What happens with the baby? So she wants to bathe the baby. Gross. She wants to right. bathe the baby. Right. Fanny wants to give the baby a bath. Yeah. And, and then, then we just said. <laughs> Cynthia's tough mothering skills failed the first time. <laughs> and we have our 15th dead baby flashback. She doesn't want this dead baby to die. No, don't kill the dead baby. She really snapped, she says. Which is interesting because you think that that would snap her back into quote-unquote reality. But it no, really doesn't. she goes deeper. Yeah, she snaps even harder. But yeah, she, she doesn't want the baby to be put in the bathtub because she, of course, has that, you know... Uh, what post-traumatic stress syndrome or whatever and so <laughs> it spurs her memory and so uh, she wants the baby to live so she doesn't want to put it in the bathtub no and so they wind up fighting over the baby there's a tug yeah. of war over the baby and one of them gets the and head and mama had a baby <laughs> and its head popped off <laughs> <laughs> and it makes this gross crunchy sound well, is it one because it's a fucking mummy I know it's so nasty when it comes don't off. be the mummy don't be the mummy anyway it's a bad idea and you know what's crazy is like, you know what? Now it's worse. I mean, I think worse than drowning is getting a baby's getting its head popped off. Uh-huh. So I think that that's, you know, she perpetrated a worse crime. <laughs> but she's got worse crimes to commit now. Yeah. And they're coming right up. Nope, no waiting. Here they come. But that's a weird thing, too, because why exactly would she kill? I mean, if she sort of snapped to be their, her... her it's like a weird. She's not like I don't know if she's getting revenge for the friends that got killed, but still. No, I don't think so. I think well, the baby got hurt, and so that's if she starts. That was if the, she now thinks the baby is her baby, and now the baby's hurt, now we got raging mama tight. hormone things happening. That thing. Oh God. Okay. Well, that makes it. Because I was kind of like, why exactly would, you know, I thought she would be on their side, you know, because of. Sort of snap, but that makes sense. She, she crazy. She crazy, yeah. Manuel. You can't, you can't figure right. her out. <laughs> she crazy and Canadian. You just forget it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the two C's. Crazy and Canadian. But the thing is, so so then she goes on and she ends up killing one by one, like what a succession. Uh huh. Yeah, she bashes Fanny's she face bas- in with that with that bassinet that or whatever tin it is. bathtub. Bathtub, yeah. And that's 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 one of the more gruesome. I like these, the, the more gruesome uh, murders. That's mm-hmm. one of them. Because it takes several hits. It does, and the blood runs It takes out. several hits because before Fanny even goes down, because Fanny's, you know, she's, she's, she's healthy stock. Let's just put it that way. She's a big bone. She's a big bone. She can take <laughs> some blows. Woman. <laughs> Isn't that what they used to say? It's, she's a handsome woman. When it she's was a, a woman. Han- with- she is a hand- she's a handsome little girl. <laughs> handsome little 55-year-old girl. She's as handsome as they come. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, she's no Mary Pickford, that's for sure. No, she is not. No, and then, and then you know, Woody comes in, and, you know, well, I guess he saw that she did a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. So he got to die, and then she just goes and kills all of them then. Yeah, she does. And poor, poor um, Ma, Ivan the Carlo, gets uh, stabbed in the tits with the... Um, she does get stabbed. <laughs> one, of them, one of them is in the neck, and one of them is in her tit. The sewing needles. Not sewing needles, knitting needles. Sewing needle? That she was getting stabbed by a, a sewing needle. And I'm dead. Uh, I'm dead. Boom. Hey, it happened to what? Sleeping Beauty's mother? Is that what happened um, to her? 
Oh, she pricked a finger and she died. Anyway, whatever. Not the point right now. We're not talking about fairy tales. We're talking about this stupid thing, which yeah. isn't that stupid. But no, tale. yeah, she's right. She just stabbed in the tit with, with some of the nails. With the knitting needle. <laughs> poor, poor. I wonder if Yvonne Carlo, when she was, you know, filming the um, Ten Commandments, you know, with Cecil B. DeMille and Charlton Heston, ever thought this would sort of be how she'd end her career. I don't know. The knitting needle. In the tit. Is this her last movie? <laughs> it's not her last movie, I don't think, but I, I didn't think she made any many more after that. No. Well, I, for some reason, I thought Satan's Cheerleaders was her last movie. No, that one actually came out earlier. That's I know that. That came out like 12 years before this. If, yeah. if not oh, and you thought that that's what she had finished. But no, she went on. Because I think when I covered that on the show, that I said that that was Amon the Carlo's last movie, so I lied to all of you. <laughs> That's an unpardonable thing. She came back for the dead for this one. Yes. For the great, amazing role, that this opportunity of a lifetime to play Ma in uh-huh. American Gothic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But hey, <laughs> if you're, it's being baited with you get to work with Rod Steiger, hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah, maybe. And I don't think she ever did before, so, you know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, so, and then, um, I think that that's every. Oh, no, and then uh, Pa comes back. Well, no, the- then Woody, uh, uh, Teddy comes, you keep oh, Teddy. Teddy. God, it's just not my favorite. It's not my favorite. Teddy, Teddy shows up and he finds people dead and she just, she finds Ma dead on the porch. She's like, oh, oh that, your Teddy. Yeah. Ah, your bosom. That's right. That's right. Naughty Teddy. Your milk Teddy. hump or whatever they call That's... it in Bible Town. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, but she's, she sneaks up behind him and she's like, Teddy, you make me sickle. Yeah. See what That's I did exactly there? Yes. <laughs> exactly. That was in the screenplay. Uh huh. <laughs> and then Rod Steiger comes back from hunting. Daddy went hunting. Yeah. That's finds everybody with. dead. And what does he do? Well, he does that diet try. Oh, he renounces God. Uh huh. He, he pledges himself to Satan. Satan. And just when he does, what happens? Cynthia shows up with the boomstick. <laughs> and out he goes. Uh huh. Down he goes. That just leaves little Cynthia all alone on the island. And she's rocking her again, some other kind of baby or whatever's left of the baby, I guess. Yeah. And she rocks it. And, and then, then a- she finds some hot glue somewhere, put the baby's head back yeah, on. Yes, why not? And that's how the movie ends. Yeah, the movie and- ends with her just sitting rocking the dead baby. It does. And you know, it's, it's cool. They did that actually kind of cool. The, the very beginning of the film, you got to see her through the bars of the chair. Yeah, to, I guess to a not so subtle, you know, symbol of her whatever incarceration. Yes. Yeah, and so um, and then it ends with that same image of whatever mm-hmm. chair is in that room, which I thought was kind of nice, kind of mm-hmm. nice way to bring it all back mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. 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 Chair symbolism. I don't know what it means. Chair but, okay. but you know, and the movie was actually directed by, and I don't know how to say his name, John Howe or Hoff. I don't know. H O G T A. Who cares? But anyway, he. Um, he actually directed, I don't know if you looked it up, but he directed uh, Legend of Hell House. Did he? Yeah, and then he did the two Disney horror films, uh, Watcher in the Woods and Escape from Witch Mountain. That or, wasn't a horror movie. Well, not Escape from Witch Mountain. Uh, one of those Witch Mountain movies. I don't Well, yeah, they're not. They're like sci-fi, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, but the and they're charming fantasies. Of- no, no, no. Watcher in the Woods was scary. Yeah. Watcher in the okay, Woods well, whatever scary. it is. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, it was. I just, I, I didn't realize he had done, you know, these big, big, you know, budget films. Um, as you know. Well, this one. is a weird kind of Disney movie in its own right, isn't it? It is. It is kind of like you're talking about a fairy tale. It kind of is a fractured fairy tale. Yeah. A little bit. 
in its own way. In its own way. But there's no moral to it. There's no comeuppance. There's no taxing. It just ends. There's something about this movie that felt like it could have been a Tales from the Dark Side episode. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's structured like more than a movie because there is no real climax. Climax. Yes, these things happen. But there's no suspense to them. No, and it's not never. It's never scary ever. No, and it's not scary. It, everything is very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that detach. It's an interesting. But I think all those things kind of intrigue me about it. You know, whether they're good or bad. I think just because it's so weird and so different in 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 all these things from anything else that was that came out at that time. You know, I yeah. think all those things. I think it's interesting that you point out the detachment because that's definitely part of it. Yeah, it's very curious. And like I said, there's no gore. And even though like a lot of the kills themselves may or may not be gory, two of them are definitely not. There's a hanging and someone has their neck broken. Right. They're not shot in an exploitation kind of way. They're not. They're not even doing it to like, like uh, I, I don't know. Like the kills are not sensationalized. No, yeah. And they're not over the top or they're not. Uh, At all. Yeah, and there's also, you know, there's no, again, at a time where, there's, well, there's no nudity, there's no sex, there's no gore. Well, I mean, there's, you know, allusions to it, but, you know, there's no, I mean, it's not like, you know, there's, uh, you know, because it could be. There's not even any really that str- very strong language. No, there isn't. I think they only say bullshit. I don't think they ever swear, they, ever, they never say the word fuck anywhere in there. No. I mean, I, I think they they it wasn't invented in Canada at the time. No, I don't think Canadians can say those words. No, well, they spelled it with a PH and it was weird. <laughs> there with was an, an extra U because an Europe. An <laughs> Totally. P H O U. P H O U C K. H. My apologies to my Canadian listeners. I Sorry. love you guys. <laughs> They're not going to get mad. They're Canadian. Uh, (laughs) And I love, I mean, I love so many Canadian things as far as pop culture goes. So I think I put in my time. Uh Uh-huh. There used Uh to be, it's funny. My friend Mike in Vancouver is like, I hate you. (laughs) Oh, no. Hey, tell Mike, you know, that's funny because I I met, I was out with some friends last night. And and, um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever saw this, but there was a TV show when we were kids called Today Special. The Today Special. Uh Uh-huh. You know it, right? Yeah, because that was when Nickelodeon first started. It was only on for a few hours, and all of their shit was imported from Canada. Yes, all of it. And then, and then it was also on PBS, whatever PBS station. They also had it there. Oh, right. that was on PBS. You're right. That was a PBS. No, but show. it was on Nickelodeon also. Was it? Was it? Nickel- it was on both. So I don't know. All I know what Pinwheel was on for like eight hours a day. Yeah, and that contained all those shows, right? The Pinwheel yeah. was like a. So what was interesting about that is that every time I meet a Canadian, I ask them that question. You know, I said, "Oh my God, one of my ki- favorite shows as a kid was." Uh, t- today's special. Yeah. They don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. None of them. So I was like, Weird. is this even on in Canada? Or did Weird. Weird. It's a Canadian our- reject show. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, you and if I'm not it. mistaken, didn't that have like a mannequin vibe <laughs> before the movie Mannequin came out? Totally. Weren't the mannequins alive had, in that? And a boy mannequin. And it had the, you know, so. It was, it was a mannequin and a mouse. Really the inspiration. I know. was way too old for that show, even though I was a child. I mean, even though I was an infant, I was way too old for the show. <laughs> I loved it. I used to watch it all the time with my sister. You know, we, we, we used to watch it all the time. So, uh-huh. But it's funny to me that, like, all, never, like, never once do I meet a Canadian in person who knows that show. Maybe in Canada, you know. Or maybe they forget about it or they don't want to talk they, about it. We're not it. allowed to talk about it. Staying on the Canadian history. We, we, <laughs> oh, I we love it. it. I'm actually friends with the guy that played the mannequin. Jeff Hislop is his name. I'm actually friends with him on Facebook, so 
He'll be glad that we're talking about it. Name dropper. Totally. Totally jealous of that right totally. now. Not really, but exactly. Well, you remember. should be. <laughs> Out of everybody. But anyway. <laughs> but it's interesting. I remember when American, the first time I ever saw anything about this movie was, um, you know, the old, I think they still do it. I don't know. I haven't read an actual newspaper in a long time. You know, it's everything's online. But they had the right. movies section. They had those great um, ads for all the movies. And there was this little square ad for this movie. And it was only playing in one theater in San Francisco. Wow. Uh, I don't Street. remember it having a theatrical release at all. Yeah, and it was it was weird. It was it was just playing one little tiny theater. And these these there was a couple of movie theaters on Market Street in the eighties uh-huh. that were long on. There were like these really run down, you know, basic twin movies. You know, sure. twin movie theaters. And uh, that that was playing down there. And I was interested in seeing it because of Ivan De Carlo, nothing else. And okay. so I waited. But they wouldn't movie. let you in because you were five. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. hold on to this lie as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to support every bit of it. Thank you. Thank you. But, Thank you. Support my delusions. I do it yeah. for all my friends. Yeah, I'm there. But anyway, so I... I no, my friend I... Lawrence is obsessed with uh, Cheyenne Jackson, the Broadway performer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, it's my boyfriend. I completely support that. I'm like, oh, he was just here. You missed him. You he just... brought roses for you. <laughs> he was at the concert today. You missed him. Oh. He's asking about you. Well, he's a handsome, talented guy, so I don't blame him for that. No. But uh, yeah, so I thought I ended up seeing it on VHS, like everybody else, you know, when it came out on video. But you know, another thing that's interesting is when I put that that little picture up that, that sparked this discussion, um, I was amazed because I, I my, my little what I put in the little description of the photo was, oh, you know, when you love when you love a movie, no one's ever heard of. And then I don't know if you noticed, but including yourself, all these people commented about how they'd seen the movie or they liked the movie or they remember the movie. So mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot more people have seen it than than not. And if you look on IMDb, the reviews are actually, almost all of them are positive. Um, yeah. But I think there's a nostalgic aspect to that as well. You know, I don't think it's necessarily that the movie's that great, right? You know, any stretch of the imagination, but... No, no, yeah. it's got major problems. But there's something, yeah. there, you're right, there is something to it. You've turned my head. Man, oh, well. good. good, I'm so glad. I'm kind of coming around the other side now. I'm good, I'm good with turning heads. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, stop. Uh, uh, that's another one of those lies we want to hang on to. Oh, no, no, no. I will fully support this lie. I will fully support this lie. And I'm going to warn you right now, and I should have warned you before we started. Yeah? Because I don't think I've said this on the actual show. I develop huge crushes on my guest hosts. Oh. They last about a week after well, the show sure. airs. So just be prepared to be stalked for a little while. Well, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'll gear up for the next seven days for that to happen. Okay. So um, final thoughts on American Gothic, and then I'm going to go back to you for a bit. Sure. Um, well, I, I, like I said, I think it's, it's, it's sort of a nostalgic uh, film, and, I, and I, like, I like that it's so different. Like, I've, I've, I'm beating this dead horse, really, but uh, I just like that it's so unique and so different, and I think that they I'd, uh, give kudos to the screenwriters for taking a, a different direction, even if it's, you know, flawed, really. Uh, yeah. But they, they tried something different at a time where, you know, movies were all just beginning to all look the same in, in the horror genre. And I love anything, you know, even... And it's funny because we talk about beautiful Yvonne DiCarlo is, you know, she's much older, of course, in this film, but she's like a pretty grandma. <laughs> oh, there ain't a wrinkle on that face. Yeah, and she's, you know, she's rounder. She could gain some weight yeah. and was older. She's still beautiful and, and she's good. And I think she's sort of... Uh, it's sort of the, um, the uh, Lily Munster affectations are there, you know. Uh, a so bit. She's kind of playing, there's some that child never finishes her work. Yeah, and then <laughs> that's a great line, and her expression, her facial expression, and and Rod Steiger. It's really weird. Rod Steiger really takes the shit seriously. Uh huh. In this movie, I mean, he is like 
method act. I mean, I don't know if he was method acting because I wasn't on the set by all means. But well, he's he worked with Marlon Brando, so I'm going to say yes. Yeah, he's from yeah. that era. From that era, so he's invested, like you said earlier, 100. percent So it's kind of a fun, you know, fun, fun show to see him put that on. So okay, I will accept that answer. Yeah. Well done. Now, aside from being a podcaster, you are, like I said in your intro. This multi-talented performer, singer, dude. Yeah, no, that's not And I lie. love that. One of the things that popped to my attention yes. long ago on the Facebook was you did a show with Peaches Christ. I've done multiple shows with Peaches Christ. I adored yeah. the Peaches. Oh, she is absolutely wonderful. She is... Um, she's become a, uh, like an icon in San Francisco. And I think what... what um, what I love most, well, first of all, she's great to work with. Okay, for and those who don't know who Peaches Christ yeah. is, who's Peaches Christ? Peaches Christ is a very famous uh, drag queen here in San Francisco, and she uh, she has tastes like ours. She loves horror and cult films. So she, uh, what she does is she puts on these shows of, uh, well, they're not necessarily always cult and horror, but they're sort of camp classics and, and the like. And what she does is, um, uh, well, she performs herself, does all kinds of things, but one of the things she does that I've been involved in is she does these uh, live shows uh, where they're sort of parodies of the film that she's going to show. Um, and she invites all kinds of people, you know, great, amazing talent in San Francisco to be a part of. And then also, um, Peaches Christ, a.k.a. Joshua Grinnell, mm-hmm. he's also a filmmaker. He, did, he made a film in the city with, with uh, it was called All About Evil, which I think you really enjoyed as well. You mentioned it sometime back. That was like, that was the first real episode I did. Oh, that's great. That was episode two. That's great. Because oh, wow. just after I decided to do this podcast, I saw in the local gay rag that mm-hmm. that night there was this screening of something called All About Evil. And I read yeah. the description. And I said, this looks fun. Yeah. So I dragged my partner at the time. I'm like, let's yeah. go, let's go. And then it turned out to be this whole event. Yeah, he does like a whole – what he was doing at that time when he was touring the, the – the, he was touring with the, the film – and yeah, like a so it was like a, a huge production. party before the movie yeah. even started. So when the time the movie was happening, we were like foaming at the mouth. Right. Having great a great time. That. And that was one of the things that said, yes, you have chosen correctly. Because I was thinking, all right, I'm going to do another horror podcast to make mm-hmm. it different. I'm going to give a gay angle to it. Is there even a market for this? Yeah. And then, boom, there it came in with sequins of blaring. That's great. That the timing was awesome, and it's. A, and you know, he did, I yeah. haven't had the courage to say hi. Oh, but you should. That's the other thing I was going to say. Joshua Peaches is an incredibly lovely person. Like you know, a lot of the image. I've worked with a lot of drag performers, and and the the drag image is that they're like you know sassy and 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 all that. And uh, I don't want to I don't want to change that uh, at all as far as that. But as people, they're some of the warmest, loveliest people I've ever met in my life. So you should definitely say hi. I'm sure. She'll say hi back. I'm sure she will. She's I mean, great, we have enough people in common. Great. Yeah, and, she, and and you do exactly what she loves, what she perpetuates. This, yes, you know, yes. So she has been a huge home. inspiration to me. So, so the fact glad. that you were on stage with her and you worked with her, I was like, oh my god! Now oh, all of a sudden you've got superstar status. So I was afraid to talk to you. Oh well, no, I'm glad you did because it's it's I've, I've done. Avanti Carlo brought us together. She did. Look at Yvonne her. Avanti Carlo and two dead babies. <laughs> Whatever works, you know. There's, you know, it's instead of grinder and scruff, we have Yvonne DeCarlo and the babies that bring us sure. together. And peaches. <laughs> A peach, what you into? Yvonne <laughs> <laughs> DeCarlo, dead babies. <laughs> Mary Pickford. I'm totally, I'm totally going to use all that. Please do. 
see what sticks. We'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah, but Peaches is great. I did. Um, I've done five of the big shows. I did nine to five where I played Mr. Hart. Uh, uh, that was with, with uh, he- another great uh, San Francisco uh, legend is Heclina, who I've worked sure. with many times. She's great. And uh, we did that. And Pandora Box played Do- Dolly Parton's role, mm-hmm. Dorley. And she's wonderful. We've become friends. Yes, and, I met her uh, as well. Yeah, it, just another. Again, these people are just really that I've personally had uh, contact with have been absolutely wonderful, and she's she's become a friend. And I've done Adam's Family Values, and that was with uh, Sharon Needles and Jinx Monsoon, and um, I did Clueless with Willem. I did um, and then I did Romeo and Michelle was with just the San Francisco Queens, and yet it was a big big success as well. People love sure. that. Movie. I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, anyway. so just 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 to plug Peaches a bit. No, yeah. it's called Midnight Mass, right? Um, you know, I don't. It doesn't have that name technically anymore because it's not at midnight. Oh, uh, they okay. Do shows at, at eight o'clock. At, actually, you do, most of the time they do two shows at two o'clock and eight o'clock or oh. whatever they're doing. Um, I think she's doing um, R- Return to Grey Gardens. Uh, yes, yes, again, I've seen the post. Which is fantastic if you're in the area. She brings it all over the place. She tours with that one too. But um, if you're in San Francisco, that's coming up. I think next month. I'm not in that, and I unfortunately. Then why go? Time. Forget about it. Stop oh. plugging it. <laughs> no, you should definitely go. And but, fail. Uh, uh, and I love Grey Gardens, of course. I do, too. I do, too. It makes me incredibly but, uncomfortable, but I like it. Oh, I love it. I love Little Edie and everything about her. So they do that. They're doing that again because it was such a, a big success. Since I'm out of town, I can't see it, sweet. but everybody should go see it because it's great. Sweet, sweet, sweet. I got to see Jinx Monsoon's live show when she was here. What a, uh, it, it was well, bananas. She I forget is, what it's called, the one where she plays like the old vaudeville songwriter uh, that got frozen yeah. in time. Yeah, that, she, she, there was a, she gave birth on stage while singing. I'm like, this is amazing. She's one of the most talented people I've ever worked with. Insanely talented. Made it look and, easy. And lovely. Not a diva, not an, any, any kind of any, like, anything like that. That's I mean, very, anybody, unlike me. Unlike me, who's like a huge us, content like impossible we, to work we with. Bring the diva around. You know, we've got to compensate for these guys that are so nice, you know? That's right. God damn it. Go to Canada with your nice. <laughs> yes. Okay, Manuel, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are welcome back anytime. I will invite you back to talk about a 70s movie. I would love that. that. And then then we'll have you do uh, the Roger Corman podcast with me sometime. Oh, my gosh. It's a perfect match. It is. I'm I'm plotting. I'm plotting. This is great. I'm really, I'm really touched that you asked me to do this. Like I said, I'm being a fan of the show and listening for the last uh, couple of years um, or so, mm-hmm. I think. It's mm-hmm. really great. I really appreciate it. You're it very fun. welcome. It has been a joy and prepared to be stalked for the next seven to ten days. I'm, I'm ready. I got okay. seven days. Good night, baby. Thank you. Good night. Don't I know I cause you too much pain. Yes, but you're very I see such a burden. I'm growing on you like a weed Don't stop the 
Patrick. Yes. It is Jeff in California. Oh, hi. I just got done listening to the most recent episode, and after my voicemail, you decided to bring our personal life into the show life. Uh, oh. And how dare you use little Esteban against me? He's, he's our baby. Esteban Valentino Belial. Oh, is that what we named him? Okay, I call him Chuck. I thought to get Belial's name in there. I think Basket Chase had any good holding of names for our little Esteban. Whoa. Anyway, <laughs> I just had to give you a call tonight. I'm not a bit. I don't know where I was going with it. It's I don't know horrible either. horrible voice though. anyway, but... <sighs> you got me through what was a pretty uh, hard day at work. I don't mean hard work-wise, but... Uh, hard. <laughs> I just started this job a couple of months ago, and mm-hmm. the woman who was the boss of everyone that I work with, I guess, passed away over the weekend, oh. and there was a pretty, uh, pretty somber day at the office. I, mean, I would think, the yes. The weight was heavy off the run. You could feel it, so, uh, you know, you, you brightened up my day. I didn't know the woman, but... You know, when something like that happens around other people and you're actually a person who, I guess, isn't emotionally cut off or some kind of piece of shit. Donald Trump! Donald Trump! Oh, sorry. I had an allergic reaction to something. Oh. Whoa, sniffles. What the fuck? Sorry. I don't know what's come over me. I got a little uh, stuff in my throat there. <laughs> well, it's not me. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, you you really helped to kind of brighten up the day and turn the tide for me because I was like feeling kind of down about it, you know. And I recently had another issue, you know, my cousin who was pregnant lost her baby. I'm not going to go into details, oh but that kind of hit hard too. So I want to thank you for bringing some humor and some joy into my life, ejaculating your happy little voice into my ears. Yeah, I went sexual uh. there, but. You have two in the past, so yeah, fine. Okay, thank you, Jeff. That was, well, borderline insane. But thank you for the sentiment. I'm glad I could get you through a tough period. And now everything sounds weird because your call was weird. I can't just give you, like, normal sentiment and normal thank you because now I said period. I got to do a tough period, which, you know, I guess you, I don't know. I don't know. I just got thrown off because you're just now you're throwing our baby around as as weapon. And I, I did not agree to that. I did not agree to Belial. Okay, that's not Irish. If you don't know what we're talking about, Jeff and I have a fake imaginary baby as opposed to a real imaginary baby. Oh my God! I just realized, Manuel Canary. I'm so sorry. I already have an imaginary baby with somebody else. <laughs> I'm already two timing you, and we're not even dating yet. This is terrible. I'm sorry about the woman in your office, Jeff. I am sorry about your cousin who lost her child. And again, this is terrible because I just spent like 10 minutes making fun of dead babies in the interview section. You know what? You're just making all this really awkward. And ejaculating into your ears was supposed to be our private thing. I just want you to know, Jeff, I'm ejaculating into about 5,000 different people's ears every two weeks or so via the internet and I faked all my organisms that didn't even make any sense thank you Jeff okay 
Patrick, it's Zombie Girl TJ. How TJ. are you? I hope this call sounds okay. It's probably sounding kind of shitty because I'm. I got you on speakerphone and I'm holding the phone down where policemen couldn't see it while I drive. Hello? Hello, TJ? <laughs> I guess you got busted by the popo. The call was sounding fine. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, I hope they listen. To, they let you listen to podcasts in prison. Because you didn't call back. <laughs> okay, I guess this is one of the drawbacks to not listening to voicemails before I listen to them live on the air with you guys. Because I might have noticed that the call was only 12 minutes long. And said, hey, TJ, you got cut off. But I didn't. And it doesn't matter, because now you're a ward of the state. Because you were break, breaking the law, breaking the law, da -da -da -da, breaking the law, breaking the law. But I do have to thank you, TJ, for two reasons. TJ sent me a fabulous little Halloween present to say congratulations for getting in Rumor Magazine. Rumorg Magazine. It's a, it's a skull mask. It's kind of lacy and fabulous and bejeweled. And she also sent me a tiara with it. Well, it's not quite a tiara. It's kind of more of those... Oh, my gosh. What do they call them? I can't think of what they're called. The Spanish dancers wear them, you know, with the castanets. They wear the little pointy thing. I can't think of what they're called. Mantilla? Mantilla. They're calling Mantilla. And she sent me one of them, and it's cool. And I put it on, and it scared the hell out of Smoochie. I didn't do anything to scare her. She just looked at me, and she was like, oh, no. Uh-uh. No. And I also have to say, TJ, thank you for your donation to the show. And I also would like to thank Spooky Jeff from Chicago and also William from Augusta, Georgia. I'm sorry, I can't read my handwriting. From Georgia. You're somewhere in Georgia. It might be Valdosta, it might be Augusta. I can't read my handwriting. Sorry, kids. But thanks to you, we'll be able to go see some local haunts. I talk about them on the show when we're getting closer to the Halloween season. And that's all great and groovy and cool. But you know what's not groovy and cool? Prison food. Looking forward to seeing you on Orange is the New TJ. Bye-bye. Or should I say, clank. That was the jail door closing. I got nothing. Hey, Patrick. It's Jeff in California. I wanted to give you a quick Again? call here since last episode uh, when you were talking about Blair Witch. And I forget the name of the other one. Human race, something like that. It's not a good I just can't remember the name. You were saying you didn't have enough voicemails, but that the conversations online and social media were uh, satisfying you for the time being, but you would prefer to hear some voicemails. I don't know why I put that inflection in my voice, but whatever, you know. Anyway, um, right now. Um, I still want to see the Blair Witch. I, you know, I, I take you at your word. You have been such a guiding voice in uh -huh. what I have seen. But feel free to ignore me. And Whatever. for the most part, we are on par with a lot of shit, but there are some things that you go, oh, I hated it, and I enjoyed it. I can't think of it off the top of my head because it's probably... They don't exist. Even before you had your podcast, which is going back years now. Yes. But, yeah, I still want to see it, you know. I just feel it's one of those, being a fan of the original, 
And yeah, I know there are people who hate it, but you know what? It kind of freaked me out when I first saw it in the theater. And I didn't even get to see it from the beginning when I saw it in the theater. I saw it from about halfway through. Because oh. we ended up getting to the theater late. But that's a whole different story for a whole other podcast. But, yeah, I, I take you at your word when you say something to shit, but I still have to have the experience myself. Have I got to pay to see it in the theater if I find it? Fuck no. Oh, okay. Fuck no. I will wait till it hits Netflix and is included in my membership or subscription or when it hits Amazon Prime and it's included to watch essentially for free in that Amazon Prime membership thing. Other than that, I'm not paying for it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean for that loud bite smack to come through. But anyway, I'm going to cut this off now. So I'll leave you another voicemail another time. See you later, pussy daddy. Oh. Oh my God. I asked you not to call me Pussy Daddy in public. And now you did, and now it's out there. And, ooh, look, that's out there, too. What? Nothing. Okay. All right, you had me. I completely understand the compulsion to see the movie, despite my bad reviews and many, many other bad reviews. I'm the same way. Because it's always like, well, you know, I don't always agree with the critics, and, you know, I might find something I like in anyway. Well, that's what I thought here. I was wrong. But by all means, wait for Netflix. That's smart. See, my whole goal was to save you, not just you, but all of my beautiful listeners, some cash that you could be spending on something, you know, awesome for yourself, or like, you know, TRS for me, or whatever. Because, as I've said here, going to the movies in New York City, I could you know, mortgage my house to afford one trip. You know, it's up to 20 bucks in some spots now. But fortunately, I got to see Blair Witch for free. So why am I complaining? Because I'm trying to save you people. I'm trying. Yes, I just said you people. But waiting for Netflix is wise. And when you see it on Netflix, you see, Gah! Gah, he was right, you'll say. Gah, why don't I listen to him? Gah, why don't I pay financial support for our imaginary devil baby thing? I don't know. Jeff, thank you for calling. Pleasure, as always, you sick little freak. So before I wrap this puppy of a show up for another week, I want to say a little special thank you to Grim Horror on Twitter. And I've been meaning to do this for a long time, but I get to this part of the show and I forget. I just want to thank him because every week for a long time, he does a great job of retweeting and promoting the show on the social media. And that means a lot to me. And it has not gone unnoticed. So thank you, Grim. I have a very special thank you waiting for you if we ever meet in person, just as an FYI. Of course, if it's consensual. Of course, it's consensual. Of course, it would be consensual. You'll take one look at me and say, yes, I must have you. And you will be had. What's happening? I don't know. Now, if you want to be like these cool people, if you want, I mean, if you want to be like Jeff, because I'm sure you don't want to be like TJ because she's in jail. Your mom's a jailbird. <laughs> Mom, please pick up your phone and leave me a voicemail. 
or you could write me an email at crew at screamqueens.com. You could join the Facebook page, do a search on Scream Queens Horror Podcast, and as always, that's Queens with a Z. You can send me a tweet on Twitter at Scream Queens. You can find me at Instagram at no tiara for you. And this is something you can do to promote the show because that's what I'm trying to do now. Now that I, I this thing with Room Morgue has happened, I'm thinking of ways to you know expand more than I have been. That of course my mind just went to the gutter. Stop thinking of my asshole right now. Thank you. Thank you. No, I think what I think I would like you to do, if you have a favorite quote from an episode, tweet that. Tweet that and be sure that you specify that it's this Scream Queens, not that other copycat Scream Queens. Be sure to leave that Z in because I am the original. And also, I'm looking for your haunted house experiences. I want to hear about them. I've done shows on this in the past where listeners take over and I collect your calls where you, about local haunts that you've been to that were great or were bad. Tell me your story of scary places that you've been this Halloween season. I want to know how it's going for you. And coming up, I have the episode I was planning to do this time before I realized that the audio from my original interview with Manuel Canary was salvageable. So we're going to be taking a look at Train to Busan, and that will be a spoiler-free mini-episode, as well as the 1973 movie Messiah of Evil, which is on YouTube as well as Amazon Prime. So check that out and play along at home. And I also want to plug Manuel Canary. I do. I do want to plug Manuel Canary, but I also want to plug two of his shows that he has coming up. Because this was in the second interview that I did with him, for which the uh, audio was not salvageable again. So, he's going to be appearing in San Francisco at the, in the Golden Girls Live. It's the Christmas episodes, and that runs from December 1st to December 23rd at the Victoria Theater. And you can get tickets at www.goldengirlssf.com. And if you go, stick around after the show and tell Manuel how awesome he is and also that you're there because you heard it here. Also, later on in January, he's going to be performing in Above and Beyond the Valley of the Ultra Showgirls, which is uh, January 26th through the 15th at the San Francisco Oasis. I don't have ticket information for that now, but I will later, and I will be plugging, 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 because that's what friends do. They plug each other, and they plug each other good. So, until next time, my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, the Scream Queens Golden Rule. I almost said the Golden Girls Golden Rule. It might be theirs too. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it through the final reel, baby. Because daddy loves you in one piece. Bye. I go hunting for witches. Heads up, galleries some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. 
check them out at music.mevio.com. Bitches! <laughs>